can't believe that you haven't seen it Love it so much you really gotta stream it Let me tell you every line right now I can quote the whole thing since I was 12 Maybe your mom told you no She said she wouldn't give you any money to go And that's why Movies we missed Hey, 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 hey And welcome to another episode of Movies we missed I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, joined by my lovely, pretty young thing, co-host, Jane Dulcie Hammer. And before we get into the episode this week, I want to go ahead and lay your fears. Everybody's in a tizzy. Everybody's worried. It's it's the height of summer. There's mm. fun being had on the podcast as well as outside. You're wondering, mm. how can I keep tabs on the adventures that the MWM co-hosts are having throughout the week? Uh, well, wonder no more. You can find us on Instagram and you can find us on Facebook at Movies We Missed. Uh, maybe, hell, maybe you'll be able to find us over on Threads once they get all the kinks worked out of that one. You know what I'm saying? Um, actually, we are on Threads. <laughs> there we go. That's right. That's how quickly we work. Yep. We we signed up for Threads the first day was available, baby. So join us on there. We are slow to adopt but we'll we'll get here there here we go here we go the empress <laughs> our empress of of technology and social media jane jane is here to give us an update i guess she just did um it's touch and go but we're, we're figuring it out but don't you worry the update, it's the update is actually um tara preston our editor extraordinaire also does our instagram and our social media and she signed us up for threads as soon as it's available but and she's like done a couple things on there but like the thing is, is i work in marketing and so i do threads for my actual company and let me tell you baby i am threaded out on a personal level so i haven't done anything she's threaded on a personal level which sounds like a personal problem mm. so we're gonna give her some space to sort of work through that um, we'll get there we'll get there it's it's no it's, i'm just joking i understand yeah, yeah. it's it's tough mm-hmm. to like have to do all that stuff for work and then come here and do it for the other thing that is mm-hmm. it's a job but it really feels like a treat it's a labor of love yeah. to be here with our fans oh my god I do this because I, I love it and mm. it brings me joy and I love hearing preach hearing what you have to say I, I love, love hearing what you have to say Jane I love, I love seeing what our listeners have to say about what face. we have to say oh thank you Jane and I got together this weekend and we just signed autographs mm. we just we, we did, did we had a stack of old school mm-hmm. style uh, eight by tens of us glamour shots mm-hmm. that we had done um, with some of the old MGM producers uh, mm-hmm. and uh, MGM photographers and stuff. hair makeup done the old way with the stuff that really damages you the sort of the oh yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not taking any chances the base makeup that gave the tin man a, you know a lung that disorder hue, that, that luster <laughs> that luster that, that luster that doesn't <laughs> that luster that doesn't come it, it doesn't no. you can't get it Mm-mm. in products that have been equitably like sourced you have to get right. it from mm-hmm. deep in the mines in those you areas use, you gotta use the chemicals as we like that's to say that's what we use yeah because yeah. we like to do it do it the old school way so we're using mm-hmm. a lot of uh, asbestos uh <laughs> dusted uh makeup mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. powders talcums things like that mm-hmm. that we've had to find in the dork web um because we can't find them at the stores <laughs> they're not willing to carry them they're not well, brave think- enough you- 
And they're not, they're no longer FDA approved. And that's, you know, that's the FDA's problem. But And you know we, what? You know what FDA, FDA stands for? It stands for fucking dumbasses. Because they're doing <laughs> too much over there. Stop policing us. I want Absolutely. the poison. I want the poison. I want to look as young as I possibly mm. can, as fucking luminescent on film as I possibly can, until I die at 45 because I've been nice. hailed too many fumes. Jane, not next week. Forever um, young. I want I, to be. Do you really? Do you really though? Because that's what comes next. Is do you really want to live forever? No, I think I want to live till. I just caught you saying forty-five is next week for me. That is not true. That was two weeks ago. You just caught that. I said it. It like it seemed to like go unnoticed. I was like, All right. I was on my I was on my journey. I wanted to sing to you. You were in your bag. You were in your vocal bag. I was in my vocal bag, as you can tell. And you know, then it was sort of registering as I was sort of easing out of my vocal bag into back to Slowly. reality because I because I lose myself when I sing like so beautifully like that. So. You you lose some of the audience too. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Jane is the resident vocal Bible. We all know that. Um, I mean, me, Brandy, who, you know, is I've been waiting for saying. some of your solo content to get a little bit of traction. And Whitney Houston used to actually call on me when I was I like a baby. And she was that. like, she was like, girl, show me a couple runs. And I'd be like, wait, I'm on the <sighs> playground. I'm at recess right now. And she'd be like, look, I'm about to drop the biggest single of all time. And I need your signature runs on there or else it's not going to do what I need it to do. Oh, my so God. I, I remember that. I remember I this up. like it was mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Showed up for my girl. Whitney. I'll never forget it. She, you were like you were in, you were between a blow pop and some fun dip. And mm-hmm. she was like, put that down. Get in the mm-hmm. studio. She had sent you the original um, demo. Of mm-hmm. I will always love you. There was the yes. big note in it. She was like, I don't know if I can hit it. You were like, that's a high E over middle C. Let me show you. Exactly. And, then you did it. and I did it. And that's what's actually on the record today is me hitting that note. Oh my Although God. She, but she worked. She worked really hard and she was able to do it, um, you know, performing live after. But it was just sort of like she didn't meet in Jitters for that moment. First. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. This is, it's giving very Ashanti filling in for JLo. Well, those are the rumors. <laughs> And like what? Like what a rumor! Like that's always been the funniest rumor to me because I know because kind of, never well, mind. I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's just okay, like the so, blind leading the blind, though. Uh, it's just well, like, I mean, it's just like it, it's like look. If you're gonna so outsource, it just feels like outsource. It's like outsource. <laughs> and this is the thing. It's like we love what they do. There's nothing wrong oh, with absolutely. what they do. We love what they do, but what they do. <laughs> is not is not giving Whitney. It's not well, it's giving. Not, it's not Mariah. giving. We need it's like it's like it's like we're gonna get somebody. We're gonna pad your vocals and we're gonna get somebody in here. It's like I want yeah. you to go get Jasmine Sullivan if you're gonna pad of my course. vocals. One hundred percent. Get her out of school and get but, her to do a couple of rounds. But I guess it's shit. like you want it to be passable too. So you yeah. you don't want it to you, be. You want it to be believable, and so yeah. you don't want them calling like, Kelly Clarkson in to like right. to like lightly pad your vocals and do things that you could. 
could never do. Well, and so I guess that's why JLo was like, go get me the princess of hip hop and R&B. Right? Are <laughs> That's when you're in the concert live with a microphone and anytime those big notes come, you know, when they put the mic towards the fans. You absolutely Ugh. hold towards the audience and you're like, no, 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 no. I paid for this. Hit that I, fucking number. Right? I hate... <laughs> I hate that. I would rather you, honestly, I would rather you just lower it. Right. Which a lot of singers do. And I'm like, props. You have an alternate version. I'm totally fine with that. You're on tour. You have like, you're working, you're singing all night. You're fatigued. You need, you know, this is in the middle of your set. You, it's been hours since you've had your hot lemon water. Like if you want to lower that note, it's still just as beautiful. And it was still just impressive when you hit it in the studio. But you know what? I understand you have to preserve your voice during a tour and during a long yeah, show. Yeah, what you gotta do. Yeah, and that's, you know, I also taught Winnie that. Um, For those of you who don't know, I mean, I'm sure you clicked on the title, so you know, but maybe it's just playing automatically. So we'll roll it out. The name of the movie we covered this week, which I assigned to Brendan, which he had never seen before, was no, no, 1999's no. Crazy. I just okay. can't sleep in bathing in the youngest And I am, I am wearing the um the metallic, uh, the green, green two top that. Britney Jean Spears was famously wearing in this music video. If you're if you're hip, then you saw them making the video, and if yeah. not, then hop on YouTube. I'm sure it's up. I'm sure it's up. It was an iconic making the video. Iconic. Um, it, Adrian Grenier and Melissa Joan Hart are in the music video, so you know. Hart also, like Britney Spears' hair in this video is so good. Oh, so good, so good. She was like peak, like badass. It was peak Britney. everything. It, it was peak everything. Oh my god, I love this music video. I thought it was so <sighs> Me cool. Me too. And frankly, the music video is bigger than the fucking movie, which is funny <laughs> because Drag I was. Them. <laughs> Well, when I was doing research on the movie, it said like they changed the name to match the Britney Spears song. The power. The power. And Moses Joan Hart was like, no, 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 no. I don't think that's a good idea. And it's like, honey, that was all you had. (laughs) But I will say that I do. Mm. Okay, we can get into it all. I'm going to let okay, you. Well, sh- okay, let me do the synopsis. It's a short one. It's not a long one because the story is, God, dare I say it, simple as fuck. No, it's complex. So <laughs> I will go ahead and do my synopsis and then we can get into all of it. <clears throat> all um, of it. All of it. Raw. Hang- unfiltered. <laughs> That's what you get with us. Okay. <clears throat> Nicole Maris is a senior in high school and she has it all. Friends, popularity, blonde hair, white skin, financial stability, and a semi-absent father to give her a little bit of spice. But the one thing she has more than anything else is school spirit. If there's an event put on by the school, not only will she be there, but chances are she'll organize it. She is in the mix. Her friends are the jocks and the cheerleaders and the pretty people. Her next-door neighbor, Chase Hammond, however, couldn't be more different. Or at least that's what they want us to believe. 
Chase is also senior, but he couldn't care less about almost everything that Nicole holds dear. He thinks his high school consists of mindless sheeple following the status quo with no thoughts of their own. Chase, his crew, and his girlfriend Dulcie are always asking the tough questions and thinking outside the box. Some of them are even getting into true activism. (laughs) What a bunch of fucking losers. Chase and Nicole were BFF when they were little, but like the Robert Frost poem, two roads diverged in middle school and Chase took the one less traveled. So Nicole was in and Chase was out and they haven't spoken or spent time together ever since. But that's all about to change. There's a big centennial dance coming up that Nicole is planning. It's going to be the biggest dance of their lives. And for that, Nicole needs the perfect date. She has her sights set on Brad, the blonde basketball player. When searching Brad's personality, you might get an error that reads file not found, but that doesn't matter to Nicole. He looks the part. When Brad ends up asking some dumb cheerleader to the dance instead of Nicole, she is devastated. But she doesn't sit in her misery long. She decides on the perfect project, Chase Hammond. He'd be a great date. He's handsome underneath all that curly hair and signature teenage angst. All they have to do is give him a complete makeover and turn him into a drone in Dockers with no critical thinking skills. She just has to convince Chase, who's been recently dumped by his alternative activist girlfriend. Nicole has just the hook to get Chase on board. How stunned would Dulcie be when she sees Chase at school hanging out with the in crowd, looking like he just fell into the gap? Surely this would be enough to grab her attention and want to reunite with Chase so that he doesn't get sucked too far into their world. With Chase reluctantly on board, they begin their mission. Will Nicole and Chase get just what they're looking for? Will Dulcie come running back into Chase's arms? Will Nicole be the belle of the ball with Prince Charming on her arm? Or will it all end in frustration and heartbreak? Find out in 1999's Drive Me Crazy. You drive me crazy. Beautiful job, Just Jamie. Like Nicole. Thank you. It like it's not a complicated movie, but I mean, it, I guess it has a couple of moving parts. I will say, I will start by saying, I said earlier, I actually, I feel like I'm gonna get some some heat for this, but I feel like I actually enjoyed this one more than a lot of the others. I think I maybe enjoyed this more than Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh my god i can't even tell you this is this is so funny we are where we're at with this because i haven't seen this movie probably since it came out in like 20 years and i was so bored watching this movie really (laughs) yes i was like this is not what i remember like i just there was nobody likable nobody likable i did i did we should get into it i i did have i did think to myself i found i found melissa joan hart like intolerable insufferable i was like and i couldn't figure out what it was but there was something about her that i was just like what is it about you i just do not like you i don't i don't want good things for you because your values seem terrible to me that's that's what it felt like like (laughs) sorry i should not what oh you're you're a spritzer drink i 
I'm burping. I need to stop drinking this and get some regular water. This is so stupid. We're gonna jump right into we're gonna jump right into the movie with our like it's our love it's low. That's right before we do though. I'm gonna point out some some quick stats. This movie was released okay. on. This movie was released. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like me trying to get through my synopsis. Was released. Somebody cover side. Play the the movie was released. Um, it was released on October the first, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, a budget of eight million. And it made 22 at the box office. So, uh... Okay. Smells like a return. Okay. Smells like a return. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. one say hit, but it smells like a return. Um, <laughs> you know, we were trying to... We are trying to transition MJH. Mm. We were seeing... We are trying to road test it, see if we could get her off of ABC and, and Nickelodeon and... Uh, and Disney and, and into all the this. theaters. Yeah. And we did. And we did. We, um, we got her there. We got and, her there, and let me and let me tell you, we made we made her money back. We made the studio's money back. She told them. She called them up. Mm-hmm. She said, "You got your return, didn't you?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell you? I told and you I was bankable. I told you you wouldn't. I told you you wouldn't lose any money on it. I didn't right. say it'd be I, hit. I didn't say it'd be a hit, but I said with my name attached, you would make your money back. And you may be thinking to yourselves, it's basically mm. a wash, which means a lot of labor for nothing. But you're whole. But you're whole financially. Yep. And that's what MGH is going to get you. <laughs> that's what she brings to the table. That's what Clarissa and Sabrina bring to the table. Bring to the table. Do you think that if like Darren Aronofsky cast Melissa Joan Hart in his next movie that he could get her he could get her to the Oscars? He loves casting like a <sighs> like a like a Mickey Rourke, like uh we saw what happened with Brendan Fraser, <sighs> Academy Award winner Brendan Fraser now. Okay. Put some respect on well, that name. Do you think MJH is next? I, no, because I do think that Mickey Rourke and Brendan Fraser had more robust careers before their Working with Darren Aronofsky than <laughs> MJH because, like, her most recent credits are like Melissa and Joey, the sitcom. Not the sitcom get... from two decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> which, don't get me wrong, wrong. I fucking, Tara and I watched. <laughs> like, I, we fucking loved that show. I don't know what it was. It was like, we just couldn't get enough. But, well, we we got enough, but <laughs> oh, you had your fill. It ended just just on time. It ended just in time. <laughs> Do we think that like there's a world in which like some sort of like you know gritty like story of thing. like I don't know like a Grace Kelly <laughs> biopic or something that we throw like Melissa Joan Hart into could maybe could maybe Grace win her the Pink. Oscar. Princess of Monaco, Grace Kelly? Yeah. Played by Melissa Joan Hart? Yeah, Melissa Joan Hart is Princess of Monaco, Grace Kelly. Okay. Um, What's the I issue? Would, not there's it seems no like issue, it was a just, casting issue as far as you were concerned <laughs> for some reason. I just know you love to paint me in these fucking corners, I man. do not love to paint you in these corners. Here's the thing. I love Melissa Joan Hart wholeheartedly I would need to see something from her that is maybe sort of in between that the gritty Grace Kelly biopic and an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch like I would need something like an indie movie that she did where she had some intense moments because I'll tell you what 
in this movie, she she stayed searching for the tears when she needed to. Find you know them. what? There was a moment where where my because I, I had um I did have my subtitles on at one point. And there was a moment where mm-hmm. Melissa looked like she was grimacing. She was sad, but it said <laughs> sobbing in the subtitles. <laughs> so there, it's a girl. I'm screaming. What? It was like no not a tear to be found. She, she scratched her brow a little bit. It looked like she was holding in a fart when she was. She probably was. <laughs> it's between takes, and the director was like, "We're going. We're still and rolling." Don't I don't. I you know I don't want to disparage Melissa Joan Hart because I really do love her, but I don't. I think it's like more her than like the acting chops. She's not the Daniel Day Lewis of her time. You know you what know I mean? What? I but I think I think there's a I may, what if she had gotten that fables fableman's role in the Steven Spielberg movie that went to Michelle Williams like I feel like there's some roles that I could see her maybe like sliding into where we could maybe see something like that like a blue Valentine sure. moment with Ryan Gosling sure sure I I would have loved to see her turn in the fableman's um it was an Academy and- Award it was an Academy Award nominated performance I believe. By Michelle Williams, yes. Yeah. Who has won, I think, multiple Academy Awards and been nominated multiple times. She hasn't, she, close but no cigar. She hasn't won yet, but she will. She will. She hasn't won yet? No, just been I nominated a lot. Won. Oh, that's so annoying. I love her. I want her to win. Yeah. No, it uh, it's coming. But yeah, it's I just coming. wonder if, like, given something a little bit, they you know, They said the grittier. same thing to Susan Lucci in that Emmy, I'm sure. The streak anyway. is over. I was watching I watched those Emmys, those daytime Emmys live. And when I tell you I flipped my Who shit when the Susan daytime Emmys Lucci won her fucking award. I've never seen Susan Lucci on anything besides Entertainment Tonight. Also, what was my fucking childhood? Why was I watching why was I aware? Why was I aware when did she of win? Because like, that wasn't Susan your Lucci's childhood. Streak. That wasn't your childhood. That wasn't your childhood. You were an adult when that happened. But it was like a thing that happened. Okay, first off, bitch. I don't like the I don't like the surety in your voice. If I remember correctly, I, I was wasn't that I was long a young ago. Buck. When did Susan Lucci win her Emmy? Are you Googling uh, it or do you, I need to? I feel like you're gonna be right. What? Okay, no, you're wrong. I was barely a teenager. It was the same year this movie came out. And I remember okay. Shamar Moore presented it to her. <laughs> oh, my God. You you may have been working a couple of graveyard shifts and in the workforce, <laughs> mama. But Actually, I was still... I was... It was my freshman year of high school. <laughs> and I was... And yeah, and I was... And well, I was in junior school. high. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> learned how to play the trombone poorly. That's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Shamar Moore presented her with that award and I was at home and I lost my shit. Why do you remember that? I don't that? Like, know. <laughs> but I remember watching it and I got so fucking excited and like Rosie O'Donnell you know lost her shit in the audience. I was The things that you remember when I we had to like we were at your house this weekend talking about things you did at Pride two weeks ago. You're not by the way for those listening Brandon is not like a drinker. He's never drunk. So it's like there's no reason why he shouldn't remember what he does. And and people had to actively remind you the places that you went and the foods that you ate. But you remember Shamar Moore giving Susan Lucci her Emmy in 1999 and experiencing it, it in real time. Because I've been waiting for Susan Lucci to win that Emmy Award for years. I mean, and the I remember waiting. I don't 
I, why the nation was waiting because I've never seen the show that she was in. What show? It was, was a standing in? ovation. It was a that was a that was a television was awards a, moment. All my, all my children or something. Yeah, all my children. That's the only one okay. that she's ever been on. I feel like we are doing our listeners a disservice Erica by Kane, talking baby. about this. Erica Kane. Um, <laughs> because they probably want to hear us talk about We want to get into the movie. And we love y'all. I was, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I listened to a couple of podcasts myself. Other than this one. I was listening to a podcast at the gym like two days ago. And I was on the treadmill. And I was listening to this podcast. And I was just like, shut the fuck up. Nobody cares about any of this bullshit. Just get to the topic. And I thought about our listeners. And I thought to myself, I, I was like, I hope God, they feel the differently shit. than I feel right now as this host tries to introduce the co-host for this week and they banter back and <laughs> forth. And I was just like, nobody cares. And I was like, I hope our listeners love our our fun banter when they learn a little bit about us, even though I couldn't give that grace to that person. I hope you'll give it I to know. me. Be the change that I want to see in the world. Be help the me. change that... W- Help us not change at all and not tighten things up for you guys, our listeners. <laughs> and you know what? There we we discuss like it's and love it's and loathe it's on this podcast. But I can tell you too. that we just love we love our listeners. There's mm-hmm. no like, there's no loathe. The only thing I loathe is having to say goodbye to you at the end of this episode. So Boom, let's have is. let's have a good time. Let's jump in and drive mm-hmm. me crazy. Um, we're gonna start with our like it's love it's loathe it's. You pick the movie, so I think. I'm the one who's supposed to. Yes, start you out? kick us off. You give it. You give us your first like. It. Don't be nervous, baby. It's it's okay. your first time. I okay, know. Okay, I won't be nervous. <laughs> Ew. The first Ugh. like it. The first like I it hate the I baby had. talk. <laughs> the first like it that I had. Go 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 go, Jamie. Ah! Uh, the first like it that I had listed was <sighs> first of all, Melissa Joan Hart. They like put her. She's like she wants to wear her mom's like like red halter to school for some reason. <laughs> And she's like, and like, it's like one of the first scenes is like her trying to like figure out what she's going to wear to school today because she's going to be on the local like nerdy ass school news that I had friends who did. And I remember like, I would see them up there and I'd be like, they're serving right now. But I look at these people, I look at were it they now not and I'm like, in their, were they in their mom's red halter top? They weren't. But I do remember that one of the hosts of it, my friend Tara, they at the end of their sign off was always keep it real, keep it safe, keep it real safe. And I remember thinking, genius. Um, no, no. We didn't have that at my school. No, no, no. It was brilliant. I thought it was we amazing. Didn't... My friends also were on the yearbook staff, and I thought that shit was cool. I feel differently <laughs> now. But, I, I, you know, it's just, it's amazing. I thought we were running the show. We were not. Um, the red halter, though, it made me it made me laugh. It was like, oh, a red halter. And then she was like, oh, it's a little slutty. And I was like, red halter isn't necessarily, like, a revealing outfit. And then I realized. It was like, it was a lot a for like, halter. it was a crop top halter for yeah. school. And then, and her mom also wasn't giving like vibes of a mom who just had like a crop top halter chilling <laughs> on the shelf. I, that is the thing. Like, that is the thing that fucking took me out is because. And it was tiny. Look, it was skin tight on where, her. Wear whatever you want to wear to school, of girl. Course. You do you, whatever you feel comfortable in. If you want to show a little skin, I'm with you. But I could not, for the life of me, picture her mom wearing that at any point, other than like as a bib and she's eating lobster. Like, yeah, it was like it was such a random. I just didn't understand like that journey. Like for us, that we just wanted to get her in a. We really wanted to get her in this it. halter, and they were like, "We'll get her in there." And all, we need they to. Had, her mother- all they had 
to do was was put her in it. They didn't have to. All they had to do was pick it up in her closet and go. Oh my god, this is gonna look so cute. Um, Actress Faye Grant plays her mother. Uh, Interestingly, Faye Grant was actually married to actor of Seventh Heaven fame and infamy for other things allegedly uh steven collins um who's in so this movie were, as well but they don't play a, they play like a, a divorced couple in this movie and they have no scenes together so it's interesting it wasn't like they passed them wow. for their chemistry sounded like it was a preview of coming attractions <laughs> yeah yeah maybe and i'm sure Faye Grant <laughs> she, was probably she found out about those allegations which you know quite rightly <laughs> she was out allegedly allegedly <laughs> alleged yeah. there were allegations yeah. there were well, some yeah, allegations are not alleged <laughs> no the allegations happened i think there was some <laughs> confessions as well and i'm not talking about the usher album um but yeah so the halter top that was my first one where i was just like we're just doing whatever we can to get her into this sweaty plot point to get her into this red <laughs> skin tight halter this weird director probably just wanted to see her in um but it's like go off also it's so out of character for this person this character she's playing too but it's sure yeah it makes no sense i mean i've never seen a person in real life with this much school spirit it's no. a lot yeah <laughs> No, 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 no. Uh, Jane, what's your first like it? <laughs> My first like a point is Adrian Grenier is hiding a robust beard. And I know it. And we all know it. And he's, I don't know how old he was when he was playing this part, but he's he was like, like 23. Young. They were actually, yeah. him, Ali Larder, and Melissa Jonhar were all like 23 years old. Okay. Yeah. So he's just definitely like you. He looks when you see him. He looks like the kind of person who has to shave midway through the day to keep the beard. Short. Oh yeah, Adrian Grenier. He's always yeah. I think he's like a very hairy man. So like mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. like that full five o'clock shadow every day. Which I don't. Yeah. I mean, some kids in school, I guess. But I no. He's giving grown man. Yeah, he's giving grown man. I mean, whatever. They were all. He, I mean, well he's age match. Once he this. does his like. And, and once he does the whole like you know once they they you know he does his whole uh, preppy sort of like makeover moment he looks I mean he looks substantially younger like he yes. baby face for sure but no yeah. it's like hardcore five o'clock shadow absolutely <laughs> I feel like at this point I was still just like it was pat my beard was patchy as hell um, unlike I mean- now. Well, now you have a gorgeous beard. For those of you who don't know, he's got a beautiful, robust, thick beard that is working every time. This is 50, baby. This is 50. 50. My my next like it was actually... Okay. So first of all, there's this scene in the movie. They're using those... um, God, I can't believe I can't remember the names of the transoms. They're using those transom windows, like above the the windows that are above the door frames in like classrooms and things. There's like a lot of like there's there's a scene where they're trying to sort of establish who these characters are, and they really can't commit mm-hmm. to like levels of popularity, levels of like good and bad. But there, mm-hmm. but there's a scene where Adrian Grenier is like carrying around his character chase is carrying on this baggie and he's going up to he's going to like the room these like classrooms where all of his friends are like in classes and stuff and it's like a quick little like like set of scenes where he's going up to the windows of the classrooms and he's waving this little ziploc bag and his friends are all sort of like giving the head nod and of course it's like a 
It's a, it's it's a what's the word? It's a Why can powder. I not remember? It's, it's a diversion. Dye. Yeah, it's yeah. like a, it's a diversion though. It's a bait and switch. Like we're all expecting this to be like a sign of the fact that he's a drug dealer of some sort, and then we it's revealed that it's actually like Tang that they got their hands on, and they're gonna mm. pour it into like the um they're gonna pour it into the uh, sprinkler system in order for like everybody to get just like caught up in like orange gush all over their clothes and stuff while everybody's sitting out on Ooh, I like, do not like the term gush in the sense. Gush. On, um, while everybody's sitting out, you know, like on the on the quad. On the I guess. quad. Um, yeah. I don't remember us having a campus. I don't remember us having campus life like that, but they're doing it. Um, but everybody's sitting outside and stuff. So, but it was like I was like, oh, he's gonna be like a gritty. Is this the thing where he's gonna be like a gritty drug dealer, uh, or like oh a petty God, drug dealer hilarious. on like a school campus? Because he's waving this bag around, and then you realize, yeah, oh, it, isn't it? Doesn't it have orange stuff in it? Like it does. But if I remember correctly, the Ziploc bag itself may have been a different color. It was hard for me to t- ascertain. Okay, and, so I did not catch on that he was like that. Like there, he was like they were hinting at him being a drug dealer. I thought he just had a bag of orange dye and was like, or like orange powder. Maybe but that was that, just but, me, and maybe I was writing my own story. It looked up until the point that I saw them actually pouring it out into the system. I was under the impression that he was supposed to be like, you know, school school bag, but I could co- be wrong cocaine yeah like a little know. bit yeah that's, that's what i thought was going on is everybody's like nodding their heads before they all meet and it looks like they're all going into like this boiler room for some sort of like circle jerk and then <laughs> it is revealed that they're just they're just gonna pour this orange powder they're doing like a a harmless prank it's very yeah and apparently we all like teen comedy mm. Yeah, we all know how the sprinkler system works at our, at our at our high schools. Apparently, um, also it was funny to me because yeah. in the scene that comes after this one is one where everybody's on the quad hanging out, and then and so many people are wearing white for some reason today. Must have been white party <laughs> after that, I don't know. But everybody's covered in this orange dye from the water, and all I could think was like, even if they didn't like put this orange stuff in the sprinkler system, everybody would have gotten drenched because there's quite literally no reason for this sprinkler system to be coming on like during lunch period, but who knows? Well, I think no, I think they turned it on. They made it so that it oh, would turn on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm an idiot. <laughs> so I watched this I, this whole scene I was really confused by, but I I got the prank and I realized we mm-hmm. weren't gonna get a gritty drug drama. Um uh, but I'm the only no. one who thought that, that was even possible. So that's on me. I love I love that. I, you know, I didn't really like pay. I, I don't think I like because I knew what was coming. I remember that scene specifically, so I didn't like take it on from that angle. But I love that. I was trying to make this movie a little bit, a little bit grimier than I think that, that we were going to get. And then in this moment, I was yeah. like, oh, it's all harmless. It's just boys having fun. And <laughs> boys uh, will be boys. A phrase I love. I think always. It's great. Always. Great phrase. Um, what about you, Jane? You got any more? Yeah. Like it. So my next like it point is, <laughs> this is a little harsh, <laughs> but it's true. Okay. I like how, and this is sarcastic. I like how no one throughout this movie has any interesting conversation. It just doesn't happen. No one talks about anything interesting. They're only ever talking about the dance or how boys are or how girls are. Those are the only conversations that happen. Nobody has like an exchange of something that like makes you think or, you know, it, it, there's no like oh he has a point or like the only time when anything 
I feel like anybody says anything of value to like the audience who's like, you know, I don't know. Movies are supposed to like make you think and change your thought process or, you know, uh, explore a part of life. Nobody said anything interesting. The only thing I thought that was interesting was like when like in the very beginning when like um, Chase and his friends and his girlfriend are like talking about like political activism or whatever. I was like, that's it. And everything else is nothing. <laughs> okay, so like kind of, but also there is like the storyline about Chase's mom, where we find okay. out which sort of humanizes Chase a little bit, and we find out sure. that when he was like eleven years old, his mother became sick with cancer, and like that's sort of where a rift began to develop um, between him and Nicole. So like we get mm-hmm. like that, and we also get we get the social commentary towards the end of the movie when. Um, Lord, not me forgetting everybody's name. Towards the end of the movie when Ray, his friend, who's like one of his like mm-hmm. nerdier friends, he he works mm-hmm. for in the A V department, the audiovisual department at the school, and he helps film the um like the weekly uh the weekly like student uh, news broadcast, whatever mm-hmm. for the for the school station. He, he has a video camera, and we see him in the movie several times, sort of like filming random things. And at the end of the movie, we realize that he's been sort of going to the parties and doing filming of, and he sort of intersplices like these like shots from like nature of like like orangutans um, and like just like marsupials and things in order to sort of like he intersplices those with shots of like these people at this party the popular kids in order Mm -hmm. to make this sort of statement about how we've got ourselves he didn't use any sheeps although I feel like he could have if he wanted to sort of make this point of just a group of like followers but I wonder if it was too obvious because they mentioned it in the beginning like sheeple it's a lot of like frogs that he places their heads Mm -hmm. on the bodies of these students and things like that or it's like students like vomiting drunk outside the party it's students falling all over the ground it's students just yelling loudly and then he'll like he'll like project or he'll like he'll basically layer a face of like an animal like baying mm-hmm. at like the moon over them just to sort of demonstrate how like nothing smart and nothing interesting is happening so it's like it's its own sort of like commentary on like society totally. and on popularity in school but I I mean few and far between we're not no we're not getting like we're not getting thoughtful storylines that are being developed <laughs> here and this isn't this isn't a movie that's gonna that's gonna take the world by storm um, no, no no this is an MJH I mean, joint <laughs> and it's like don't get me wrong it's fun but it's like I was just realizing like huh I don't think I learned anything from no, this No, and the movie. stakes can be lower in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also, like, don't give a shit about, like, prom-like dances. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it was just kind of like, why did I, like... I, and I really liked this movie as a kid. And I think it was just, like, it was just fun. But I was just realizing, like, huh. You know? Nobody's really saying anything real in this movie. <laughs> no. It was really, it was really funny. I also okay. So my next like it point was actually there's a scene w- where they're sitting um, in I think a science class, and at this point Dulcie and Chase are still together, and Dulcie, who's played by the legend, the icon, the blueprint, Ali Larder, is Allie at a table. Larder, do not in, fucking disrespect her on this podcast. No, not here, baby. Mm-mm, not here. There mm-mm. won't be any Lizzie Kaplan erasure. There won't Mm-mm. be any Ali Larder slander on this podcast. Mm-mm. And if we hear you say one disrespectful word about Amy Smart, let's just say this is the dumbest <laughs> fucking decision you'll ever have made. Absolutely. Absolutely. We don't play. Mike, Mike drop. <laughs> Mike drop. Not on this podcast. Mike drop. 
not allowing it. <laughs> um, so Allie Larder's here. Um, and she's got she's got dark hair with red streaks in it, so she's alternative, in case you didn't get the Absolutely. fucking middle. And uh, she wears a dark lipstick, so you know she's not fucking around. Get she into is it. serious. Mm-hmm. She's serious as is this podcast. And they're sitting down and they want us to remember and understand that Dulcie and Chase are a couple. She's writing notes in class and Chase is like, he's sitting next to her, but he has his arms over her shoulders and he's massaging her as she's writing notes in class. And it's so unhinged and just the weirdest thing that could ever be happening. And this reminds me, so we have a friend who is an actress and she was in a play once jay may not remember this this was years ago we were but it was a play that was in the round and we so we were on stage basically like all the seats there were there was like an audience but there were seats that were along the um the left and right sides of the audience and it was like one Mm -hmm. of those theaters it was very small immersive space and the only way you could leave was through the out through the audience um the aisle through the audience so it's like they came in through the very back but like the sides of the stage were literally just lined with chairs and we were seated on Mm. one side of the stage and so obviously it's a small space so we right if you look directly across from you there's another row of seats with people facing you but there's all the action happening in between you but there was this like couple that were like sitting and they probably were like teenagers and they were like the guy was like massaging his girlfriend like randomly intermittently like throughout the play and Jane thought it was so funny and she like leaned over to me and she was like oh my god look at those two nerds over there and I looked up and it was literally like you know he's in his bowler hat and he's just like massaging her shoulders as a play is going on and Jane couldn't stop laughing and it was like some of the scenes were actually kind of like serious and Jane was just literally sitting next to me and anytime she would look up she would make eye contact with those people and she just couldn't stop laughing at their existence and it was so funny but it was like church laughing where you're like not supposed to and I like couldn't look at anything but them once she pointed it out to me even though I hadn't even really I been trying to pay attention to the action going on on stage but that i just i think about that from time to time how it's like like you for all intents and purposes laughing at their faces and like we were just sitting there at all it was so funny oh it was so funny it was so uncomfortable it sounds exactly like me so i can't they were funny because it was like why are you massaging her during this play like it was so weird this is not the time. Um, just massaging like, your partner in like a social space is like not at like a friend's house or something, but there's something so funny about like a sitting next to someone and massaging them as they <laughs> sit next to you is very funny. But like adding in the social element makes it even more hilarious because it's like and it, the, it sounds like the fact that they were young and someone yes. was wearing a bowl, a bowler hat and yeah. I'm sure that fucking sent me out to outer space yeah they were trying to have a Benny and June moment but it was November so it didn't work um yeah very that I don't remember but I I don't remember that specific thing but I'm pretty sure I know what theater you're talking about and I can picture it yeah it was really funny yeah 
you could not stop laughing. And to be fair, you really couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> also, this is like so funny. another reason why Brandon and I cannot sit together at things because it's like one of us will set the other one off instantly. It's really, really bad. Oh, yeah. And it's like bad. I have like a handful of friends who like I can just make eye contact with and I start laughing. <laughs> and so I'm often in situations where like I feel like, you know, when you're with your close friends and somebody who's like you're in mixed company and somebody says some shit that's weird and you like <laughs> you can feel your friends staring at you but you don't look at them because you're like I don't want to I can't because there's we no way to look at them and you know the right. moment you look at them the person's gonna be like wait what and then you're just like it's nothing like you have to wait to debrief later because it's like you can't make eye contact in that moment or you will give yourself away instantly <laughs> I always tell this story I had a friend when I was in grad school we were the only two black people and we were like kind of close but like not really but we mm-hmm. like liked each other we just didn't hang out I don't know but right. we were very good for, we were we were like we we liked each other we respected each other but we weren't like right. but whenever we were in class like every now and then like a teacher would just say something that was like just a microaggression or like low-key racist but they don't know it's racist or maybe they do know it's racist <laughs> right. but they would just say some shit that <laughs> was slick it anyways. and you would like and I every time I would like those moments you always look for that person and every time he would just be staring at me with that with that eyebrow raised and it would just be the mutual clocking and it was all oh, oh nothing God. else needed to be said it was just like you heard that bullshit yeah I heard yeah. that shit too it's like the check in cause sometimes you're like am I gaslighting myself and you right. check in with that person it's like no that was no, fucked honey, up and we I both got it too. okay yeah 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 um so anyway, that was like very much the moment with the with the over the shoulder massage where I was like, we get yes. that you're a couple, and it probably was actually spot on for like the edgy like high school couple that's like dark oh, and moody. Who, like, but it and was can't like their fucking hands off of each it other. Was and it's so like, funny. Ugh, it was like Allie enough. Larder and Adrian Grenier just giving it to us. <laughs> um. Okay, my next like it point is I like how the to continue the conversation about the um, this group and this couple like I love how the quote unquote uncool kids are interested in political activism and that's seen as like a bad thing like I feel like I don't know that that wasn't the case where I went to school it was like if people were politically active it was like oh that's cool like you're really doing something to like make a difference and like even like people who didn't get into it were like oh that's really like that's that's so cool like let me know if I can like help in some way or whatever but like it was never like looked down upon as like loserish and it's very weird that this movie does that and doesn't do anything really to like remedy that at the end and be like hey it's actually good to get involved particularly when you're young (laughs) like (laughs) there's like okay so like here's the thing one of the things about this movie is that like what you realize when you're watching this movie is that like which I actually I think it, it reflects like my high school experience in a way is that it never feels completely like the kids that they're presenting as popular throughout the movie. I kept finding myself because you sometimes you're trying to like pin down like 
like levels of popularity and like who are the popular kids and who are the Mm -hmm. kids who are sort of like the outsiders. And the thing Mm -hmm. about this movie was that it was very difficult because it didn't really feel like they wanted to come, they wanted to commit completely to those sort of like categories. And so we have Mm -hmm. these kids that are like, they're not like popular, but they're also not really socially ostracized. And quite literally, It's not like when the Adrian Gagné character of Chase sort of undergoes this like metamorphosis and he comes back and he's now wearing Dockers and he's got his hair slicked back with like fucking pomade and he shaved his face. He's instantly Mm -hmm. like invited into this world of popularity. But it also like the Melissa Joan Hart character doesn't strike me as the kind of character who carries the kind of social cachet that would be needed to usher another person into a tier mm. of popularity, if that makes sense. Like you think about like a she's all that, and you've got like a Freddie Prince Jr. who's super popular, and he is mm-hmm. able to leverage his popularity to mm-hmm. bring Rachel Lee Cook's character into this new sort of like hierarchical standing. And like I mm-hmm. in this movie, it felt more like Melissa Joan Hart was like a preppy nerd than a popular character. It was like they couldn't commit to like who she was. Yes. And so that was something that I found myself <laughs> trying to wrap my head around, especially given like this huge plot point around this popular kid, Brad, who it's like they just mm-hmm. wanted Zachary Ty Bryan, but like they I couldn't know. figure he out was... the last the last minute details on the contract. So they got this guy. <laughs> it's like it feels kind of like like they can't commit completely to they don't want to commit to making her popular so instead she's kind of like this like tracy flick type who's not really popular but, but that's also so it, that's totally a different interpretation than me because i really thought like i i agree that they didn't do the work to make to make it make sense that she was the queen bee but I think the they were implying the whole movie that she was like she was the Regina George. She was the oh popular. god! I didn't get that at all. She was like she was I, like super nerdy though, and like she didn't seem to have an in with anyone. Cool at, but that was cool at this school. I thought that was my. I kind of like, got the vibe that, was that she valuable was valuable at this school. And see, I got the vibe that actually the vibe that I got. At some point in the middle of this movie was that, and I don't know why, because I would see her hanging out with like, you know, she's she's actually vying for the affections of like, I guess the star basketball player, even though that's unclear because we don't really see him having any particular ac- like athletic prowess when he's on the on yeah. the court. But <laughs> he fall he was he tall and blonde. He falls <laughs> yeah. on someone. Um, yeah. We probably would have hurt, but it's always like a meat cute in these movies. It's like that cheerleader would have like had a concussion. But anyway, <laughs> it's like she's in the stands. She's one of many. I didn't get the vibe that her best friend who's played by Susan May Alcott who some of our listeners will remember from our 10 Things I Hate About mm-hmm. You episode she was booked and, and busy during this period Susan, I'm sorry and, Susan May Susan May Pratt by the way not not me confusing Louisa May <laughs> not me confusing Louisa oh May Alcott God. who wrote Little Women <laughs> with Susan May Pratt the actress oh my god um, I'm so gay she is from our 10 Things I Hate About You um episode and from our center stage episode absolutely no she was mm-hmm. she was working she plays the character of alicia who they don't know what mm-hmm. to do with plot wise and 100 it's like i just felt like they were just like they i felt like they were like cute girls who went to school and like 
kind of like were associated loosely with the like the extremely popular kids just by virtue of the fact that they were kind of adorable and like they did well in school and they were like really involved in a lot of things which sometimes mm-hmm. can, I think can be a smokescreen for for popularity in terms of like school if I remember it like people that are really active in a lot of different things but like they're not actually popular they just do a lot of stuff and they're around a lot which is like see i don't think that's clear in this movie. okay like, i don't think okay. that that like i i i could i can totally understand that that makes sense but i the indication to me was that she is just as much a part of this group as brad is and okay. they are the two top popular kiddos and they should be dating and the fact that he chooses that other cheerleader is wild to her like and wild to everyone else because they are the queen king and queen of this school but here's the other thing to me though too is that what i get from what i get from her is that she's very smart she's very goal oriented Mm -hmm. she's and i guess when i think about high school those kids they were well known but they weren't the popular kids they were like attractive kids who dressed well and who hung Mm -hmm. out around the popular kids but they Mm -hmm. themselves like the popular kids were like smoking cigarettes and like drinking after school they were cheerleading Mm -hmm. and they were like in like you know they were on like the dance team and things like that but they weren't necessarily like the kids that were like making straight A's and like on Dean's list and things like that so but maybe that's just that's just the lens of your experience because for I sure. do no, think and that's probably yeah. right but because mm-hmm. I think it's also because like Melissa Joan Hart doesn't give Regina George energy to me as like right. a person so maybe that's what was messing it up for me but I just took her to mm-hmm. be like a very popular capable like goal oriented person because I never like saw her like the only people I really felt like I saw her hanging out with were like the kids who did like who, who like worked at the yearbook and did like the like school news and it's like that shit wasn't mm-hmm. that wasn't like the popular kids that was like that was the kids who the teachers well, loved and that was the kids who like were everywhere but that wasn't the kids that were like oh those are like those are the ones so it was just an interesting but they didn't thing differ- but they didn't differentiate that in this movie they and that's didn't? the thing it's like my school this this the thing is is that like because like my school didn't didn't mirror this school in any kind of way. In any kind of way. Yeah, y'all didn't even have report cards. No, well, y'all got graded with like colors and stuff. It was like you had no, a Jane no. had a magenta year. <laughs> that was that was that was a uh, um, elementary school. Oh, but, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so I went to two. I went to two high schools. I went to one more traditional high school, and then my second high school was more of a, like a progressive, okay, um, sort of artsy high schools. But even the more traditional high school that I went to, A, it was so big that nobody was really like there weren't like, you know, groups that were like more popular than other ones. Like it was like people had their own groups and like you moved in and out within your group and you had friends in other groups. So it wasn't like, oh, those are the popular kids. You know what I mean? And if they were. It wasn't, we didn't have jocks at my school. Nobody gave a shit about football. Nobody gave a shit about cheerleaders. Like, that didn't happen. And then my second school was just a fucking all, a completely, totally different experience. I was a person who, there was two groups of popular kids. There were the really, like, scholastically, like, inclined kids who did really well and who made really good grades. And then there were the edgier kids who also did stuff with, like, this, like, they all, they were cheerleaders and there were, like, football Mm -hmm. players and things like that. 
I became friends with the really popular kids because I was like kind of funny and like I hung out with mm-hmm. them, but like I wouldn't say I was like in the mix mix, but I mm-hmm. I hung out with them because I had friends who did theater with me who also were popular and who came to high school popular mm-hmm. from junior high school and I was in a magnet program, so I was from out of district. So I got to meet everybody when I came mm-hmm. to high school. And like I think that like it was interesting in this movie because I couldn't quite put my finger on her and how popular she was. It seemed to be that her main relationship was with Alicia and so little of the movie. I, I just feel like they could have done a better job of setting up who she was 100%. in terms of this school. 100%. And they 100%. couldn't really commit to it. So she just came across to muddled. me like this like goal-oriented, like anal retentive girl who like has access to popularity, but like ultimately at the end of the day, like Oh, Brad ends up taking somebody who goes to like another school and is on the cheerleading squad right. for another school to this event that everything's hinging on, which is the school centennial, because they decided we're not going to do prom. Um, yeah, I don't understand why they call it a centennial. It's the, like, why don't you just fucking call it prom? Like, and it, the book centen- that it was based on was about prom. So it's like funny girl, that they were like, ooh, let's spin it. Girl, when I found out this movie was based on a book, I nearly threw my computer out the window. You were like, I said, where's the source who, material? Who wrote it? You said, what in the Judy Bloom is going on? And she said, leave my name <laughs> out of it, baby. She said, do not bring me into this mess. She said, this is not Fudgemania. And I had nothing to do with it. So nice try. <laughs> oh, my God. Um the the next thing that I had listed in mine was that I like that like when they do the prank with like the way they put the tang in the water supply and everybody's painted green or painted orange with the orange gush. I said that Dulcie, stop calling it orange gush. I it's thought you so liked bad. It. Okay, no, no, no I like very. I've I've been on the record saying I makes me. Oh, and our producer just gush. just chimed in with orange gush is awful. So noted. Yeah, he's um, correct. <laughs> so when when they do this prank and then Dulcie's talking to um, Chase after the prank and she says, "When the water hit the centennial table, I almost cried. I was laughing so hard." okay like it really worked for her yeah you need a little more comedy in your life Dulcie apparently Allie Larder was enjoying her bad boy who dared to put the the Kool-Aid in the the water supply you want to make me laugh sweetie put acid in the fucking water supply and then I'll cry laughing she said I'm just kidding I I don't want anybody to get hurt she said that was the sexiest fucking inconvenience that I've ever Mm. seen happen midday at school Mm. she was like and then watching students walk around with white blouses on with specks Mm. of orange gush all over their tops was hilarious down down with the high school I hope Orange Gush doesn't take off. With, I hope it does with. take off, and it's trademark. <laughs> and if anybody wants to use it, it's TM. So TM, expect to hear from my legal team. And anybody who's a longtime listener to this podcast knows that I don't need access to an entire phone pad. I just need access to one motherfucking number, and that's two 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 twenty two twenty two. And I've got motherfucking Glenn Lerner on that ass. So watch out, because he's a bulldog in the courts. <laughs> now you threatening our listeners. <laughs> he got you together in that court. He got you together in that libel case. No. You oh, were please. He's, you he were works to eat. quaking. I'll never forget when you called me was crying. I? You said, was "Oh my I? god, Brandon, please call call mm. the call the dogs off. Unsick them." You love to rewrite history. You absolutely fucking love you know what? to rewrite it. To and make if Glenn Lerner you... doesn't come through. It's Sarkeesian and Sarkeesian. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The father and son motherfucking duo. 
Well, you know who I go for? Blackburn, Blackburn, and Blackburn. Oh, which, God, here we go. <laughs> hate, hate to break it to you, but there's a family connection. Yeah, okay? we know. Yeah, what, like a mm-hmm. second or a third cousin once removed? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter, baby. Family is family, and we look out for each other just once in the removed cast of in- the Fast and the Furious franchise, all of which you can listen to on old up episodes up through Tokyo Drift. Don't say all of like like there's not twenty fast in the series. <laughs> yes, she said we've all only of done them. three. We've she's only like, done three. But not you the know qualifier. What? She said if up you are listening, <laughs> if you're you listening pause. to this, but you know what? If you're listening to this later, you've gone back. You that's you true. Poke around. You find episodes you like. There could be more fast in the series. There will episodes. be more fast in the series. Because guess what, baby? We're doing the franchise. We're doing the home so, of the fucking franchise, which isn't even doing, over yet. We're do, even if, we're, no, we're doing through Fast 10 as far as I am concerned. And if it goes longer, we're doing it. We're and doing you're going to listen to every episode. We're going to be like 80 when this ends and we finish. Family. <laughs> as long as Vinny D keeps signing, signing the checks to do them, which I, I don't know why he stopped. As long as Vinny D shows up for the last five minutes of the movie, <laughs> we're then going. We, we're here for it. We're here for it. We're going to ride this thing out. It's going to be like an NCIS spinoff. It's never ending. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was a really, that was really funny to me. The orange tang. Did you have any more like it's? I do. I have one more like a point and it's I like how so they do this like big makeover on Jason. They go to the mall. It's Chase and Nicole, Adrian and Melissa Joan Hart. And they're like trying on all these clothes. I just like love these kind of makeover movies and teen movies because I'm just like, where's all this money coming from? You're buying this motherfucker a leather jacket. I can't explain to you how little money I had in high school. And it's like if I wanted a piece of clothing that like my parents weren't going to buy for me that I had to buy for myself, like I couldn't just go shopping like I had to save up my little coins because I didn't have a job because I was not academically gifted and I didn't do well in school my parents said you can't have a job if you don't do well in school and so I had no money and did poorly at school and had to save up for me and my friends (laughs) no that's actually a really good point because it was it was very much like saving up for like an item and I remember the best periods of my life when I worked at clothing stores I worked at um Hollister I worked at it was uh, that woman the the manager at Hollister was awful she was wild I think about some of the stuff that I'm pretty sure a I'm pretty sure she was still in and b (laughs) she would say like wildly offensive stuff all the time and wait is Hollister is that um a um whatchamacallit uh an Abercrombie company? I think so. I think it's the same company. Okay, yeah, of course they were terrible because yeah. Abercrombie was a terrible company. Like, I, I guess they're better now, quote unquote. But I'm, yeah, they, I'm sure we're yeah. better together. Yeah, but I I remember though one time. <laughs> We were a couple of us were in the back because we were trying to get inventory ready to put out on the floor. And mm-hmm. one of the girls who normally worked in the back was on the register. And I remember she was like, somebody get her off the register. She's not cute enough to be in the front oh. of the store helping customers. Oh, I remember that. God. And I was like, wow, you just like said that. You said that out loud. You didn't even Dude. like hide it. You weren't even like, oh, somebody go get so-and-so. She just like said it. Like she would say stuff like that all the 
time. Also, it was just weird because I always I feel like the lighting was wild in Hollister when I was in school. And yeah, it was like midnight. It was so dark in there. All it was, the time. but but how broke I was. I remember like I would make my little paycheck. I would have to pay my car insurance and stuff. But I remember like. Mm-hmm. Saving up to buy clothes at at like the oh. store. I remember like saving up to buy like a pair of jeans because it wasn't like I could get of my course. paycheck and just aff- and just afford them. Like no, so I remember no. like those moment i also remember when i was in high school right. i wanted this jacket it probably wasn't real fur but it was like lined with fur it was like i think oh it was God. like it was a jacket that like some rapper in new york i think like it, it wasn't the jacket it was just a jacket that reminded right. me of that jacket it was suede yeah. on the outside and it was like this faux fur mm. on the inside and it was like of caramel course. colored and i really yeah. wanted it and i remember my mom was like no and I remember I saved up <laughs> and I saved up like three or four paychecks to buy it. And I remember my mom was like, and what are you going to do with that jacket in hot ass Texas? And I would wear it around the house <laughs> just to make my point. And she was just like, you dumbass. You just got this fur hot ass jacket that like, you have like, nowhere to it, wear it to. It's never been cold enough in Texas for that jacket. Just like when I wanted that beeper and my mom was like, you don't need a beeper. Nobody's calling you. And then she and then I got it and nobody called my ass. And every now and then my mom would like. Like call me from like the living room and like, and like send oh me a God. page. It's so sad. That is so cute. It's so sad. Oh my God. She was she was my she was my support system. I didn't know it back then. I was like, I might be annoyed when she do it too, because I'd be like, somebody's gonna try and get a hold of me and be able to She's like, I think you're good. Keep the lines clear. (laughs) She's like, I think we're good. Honey, that thing has not made a peep all day. I think we're okay. I think we're just fine. (laughs) We still got this landline. If anybody needs to go to hold of you, they'll ring a ling and I'll I'll let you know. I'll bring you the cordless from the kitchen. (laughs) And just so you know, all the calls have been for me all day, so I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, so Wilson tells me we're a okay. Um, Speaking of my mother who I love, we're going to move into the love it section. Yes. Oh, okay, I'll start. Oh, <laughs> I'll start us out. So, <laughs> okay, okay. So the first, the first love it that I actually had here was that okay. So like Ali Larder's character, she like she breaks up with Chase for like no reason. Like no, she breaks zero up with him. Reason. She breaks up with him because he won't go to this like protest. They're like they want to go to this facility that is like doing an- like testing on animals, and mm-hmm. Chase doesn't want to go. That's literally mm-hmm. it. And yeah. we don't, it's not really made clear why he doesn't want to go, but he just doesn't want to participate in this protest. What I gleaned was like, okay, we're moving into like more serious territory. Like there's right, actual right. like potential like ramifications. It's one thing to like sort of claim to be like edgy and like these anarchists and like down with the system, but it's another thing to like actually like as like, you know, 17 year olds, 16 year olds, like go to like an actual laboratory and like and like participate in like protesting and i think they were talking potentially about like breaking into the facility even and like oh i don't know about that but either just way pro- it's he didn't want to be yeah. a part of it and he was really nervous yeah. about it and alex larder is just like i think maybe this is the end of our relationship if you're not willing She's to go like, to I this guess we're on, i guess we're on different pages and, it's and like, it was just like oh, oh that's the end well, although probably <laughs> yep. if we're talking about high school I, I i mean i was just a gay boy i don't know but i imagine it was probably like i didn't date in high school i don't I know mean, what it was like i had i had i had a girlfriend as everybody knows oh, if oh, you, and if you, oh you're right and if you're listening mama i hope everything worked out mm. i mean i did have a couple of like 
quote unquote boyfriends in high school, but like oh. it was, I would not consider that dating. <laughs> no, we weren't really, we weren't really so doing nothing. I, we weren't doing what people were doing in teen movies together, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, we did go see mean, I mean, we did go see mean girls together though. Me and, and I remember I was, I do remember Gagged. gagging because I, I knew, I remember watching mean girls and I remember watching that movie and being like, this isn't silly iconic. Like I knew, I knew. <laughs> we, I, I knew it too. I knew it too, baby. I, I, I remember I being like, Lindsay fucking Lohan, give her her fucking Oscar. <laughs> like, Mama looked amazing. She was in oh an God. array of Henleys, like mm-hmm. form-fitting, waffled Henleys. And she had no. that red hair. Oh, yeah, she did the Henleys. Yeah, yeah, And I was like, had- this, is a, this is it. Those mini skirts, yeah, exactly. I mean, a she's star is motherfucking I mean, born. I remember thinking, which I, well, I remember thinking about that for Rachel McAdams, which is this is the first time I saw Rachel McAdams, and I thought, holy shit, this girl, this woman is incredible. I think, see, I think seeing, I now I appreciate as an adult, I appreciate Rachel McAdams' performance in Mean Girls. It's the best performance in the movie. Mm-hmm. As a 100%. kid, I think I was more caught up in like the journey I'd been on with like a Lindsay Lohan so like up to that point but like for sure now watching Mean Girls Mm -hmm. I remember thinking like yeah like Rachel like Rachel McAdams is like giving like especially knowing like what her career turned out to be and like all that Mm -hmm. she was capable of she just brings this depth and this complexity to that character that like could have just been (laughs) that wouldn't have been there it wouldn't have been there otherwise Um, well and I also because um, The Notebook came out the same year I think oh and I missed that and you didn't watch it so it was like I was like Rachel McAdams is a fucking icon like she, she went is. from Allie in the Notebook to Regina George. I mean, talk about a goddamn chameleon. She makes us laugh. Cry. She makes us cry. She makes us think. Mm-hmm. She makes us feel. And that's one for the books. Speaking <laughs> of things we love, Jane, do you have a love mm-hmm. it for us? Yeah, my first love it is I love the character of Alicia, who we spoke about before, um, played by Susan May Pratt. She is so evil with zero motivation and she they have no idea what to do with her. And she is literally just terrorizing everybody in this movie and we never find out why other than she's just a girl who knows how to fight with other girls she makes a sport of it she's an artist or whatever they call her and I'm just like why though like fully pushing the narrative that some girls are just bitches it's true. She like in the beginning of the movie, we sort of like, well, obviously she's the best friend of Melissa Joan Hart, who's blonde. So she has to have dark mm-hmm. hair and be pale. So that's what of we course. know about her. So she's a foil. But then like throughout, she seems like she's Melissa Joan Hart's best friend. But then we start to see first Melissa Joan Hart begins this sort of like makeover Pygmalion moment with like Adrian Grenier in hopes of making mm-hmm. Brad jealous and in hopes of mm-hmm. helping Adrian Grenier's character Chase get his girlfriend Dulcy back. So it's mm-hmm. a it's sort of like a mutual moment of these two helping each other. That's like the basis of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like 
what we discover, like, in the movie at a certain point is that she has these designs on, like, making her own thing happen. But it's unclear. Like, she has these moments where she's, like, one-on-one with Brad. And she, like, mm-hmm. makes little comments about, like, Brad, who ends up taking this girl from another school to the dance instead of her best friend, played by the Mr. Hart character. There's moments where they're one-on-one and she's like, oh, you made the right decision not taking Nicole you know, basically alluding to the fact that Nicole's just like a tease, but she can't close the deal. Like those kinds of comments. And so you're like, at first mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay. So she's, she wants to be with Brad. Okay. That's mm-hmm. your motivation. But then later on in the movie, once like Nicole seems to have forgotten about Brad and she's this relationship that was all initially built as some sort of like false performance of a relationship between Chase and Nicole. But along the way, they start to have feelings for each other and we start to see the beginning of like, you know, reality, you know, breaking through sort of like the facade that they created and they're actually starting to like have these real feelings and then she sets her sights on him and so it seems like more than anything her goal is to create these riffs and initially I I thought she wanted Brad at first but then it's like oh you just like don't want Nicole to be happy she wants (laughs) she wants to destroy Nicole that's the thing and And it's like why but she they don't that's after the thing. every they don't every commit man to that, that Nicole is interested in. <laughs> it's so and funny. Y- there's absolutely no reason why. And I love it. It's so unhinged. It's so it, I remember when I first watched the movie, I was like, oh my God, she's such a bitch. I hate this. Like, oh my God, I can't believe she's such a horrible friend. And now she's my favorite character. Because <laughs> she's because she's, so, she's so out of pocket. And it's like, yeah. I love that she doesn't get a monologue. She doesn't get a moment where Mm-mm. she sort of gets to explain she herself. Gets like nothing. ever since like we were kids when you two stopped being like when we were all three of us were friends when we were kids and it was like when you stopped hanging out with Nicole you forgot about me too and I don't know why like we don't get that we don't get like you've got Nicole you've gotten everything your whole life all we get at the very end is uh, Alicia coming up to Nicole at the centennial dance going Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. I thought Brad would have asked you. And Nicole goes, actually he did, but I already had a date. But I told him you were easy. And that's the end of it. That is the only thing we get is like Nicole gives her like a tiny insignificant burn. And we don't understand why she does anything she does. It's great. I love it. Yeah. And the other thing that we didn't understand was why her name was Mandela in 10 Things I Hate About You. But they they also did that. Um, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, it was weird. When I was looking her up, yeah. I was like, what do I know her from? And I, and I, I looked her up and I rem- and then I was like, oh, yeah, that that name choice. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mandela. For a more urban character at the last minute. They said to pull a switcheroo and flip her. Her and Gabrielle Union's characters, um, <laughs> but yeah. So the thing that I put that I put into the movie sometimes also Nicole has these moments where she's just like nasty for no reason. There's like this whole yeah. thing where she's like she really wants to go with Brad to this dance, and then he bumps into a cheerleader from the rival school, the rival high school, while he's playing basketball. And then it leads to this connection and he ends up asking her to the dance instead of Nicole. And Nicole says, Ugh, and now he's going to be going, now who's he going with? The slut who pretended she couldn't get out of his way. And I was like, it's just a cheerleader <laughs> literally in cheerleading formation. Like, she was the victim. She's literally doing her job. <laughs> um, but Nicole is just, she's on one. She wanted, she's, she wanted baby boy. We don't know why. Well, there, 
there's a lot of shut. Uh, I was gonna say shut slamming in this movie. There's a lot of slut shaming. Oh, for all sure. All these other girls are calling each other sluts and whores and whatever. And I'm like, damn, we really just used to let those fucking words fly out of our mouth. But you called me what? You called me that before the podcast started, though. So yeah, of course. Is of it course, do as you course. say, not as you do? No, it's it's use it in a situation where it is well deserved. And honey. <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but you text me sometimes and you'll say, how's my little whore doing today? Mm -hmm. And it always hurts me to the core. Oh, I thought you loved it. You always give me a little, a little, um, a little (gasps) laughing emoji or a little heart. A little bitty A little, yeah. I do love it. And please don't stop. Um, (laughs) but yeah, no, I, um, yeah, I thought that that was really funny. I also, one of the things that I love about this movie is, so we have the character of Dave, who is super sweet. He's one of... Designated Dave. Designated Dave. He's one of Chase's best friends. And like his main plot point in this movie, it's like they wanted Ethan Embry, but he'd either aged out. I don't know what happened. But Dave's here. (laughs) So true. And he's given like hardcore like Ethan Embry energy played by the actor Chris Park with a K. And Mm -hmm. he is designated Dave. He shows up at the parties in the movie and he's like the person who picks up the drunk people and then like basically like sort of buses them home. But it also seems like he's doing an active rotation. Like he's like going and dropping drunk people off and then he's available again. I just want to explain. I, I just want to. Uh, the the actor who plays Dave is Mark Weber. Chris Park plays Ray. Oh, I'm sorry. I got the names confused. But it is Chris. No, 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 but that's it, okay. Chris Park is with a K. Chris Park. But they could be Chris listening to this K episode. Does Chris Park? Chris with a K does play Ray, and yes. it's spelled just the way you said. Yeah. But Dave designated Dave is Mark Weber. Mark, and Mark Weber. Weber right. I've actually seen as seen in. I know. I've seen him in stuff too. But it's yeah. a very mm-hmm. much like it's that Ethan. Energy in this movie, yes. but um, where you where it's like he doesn't like finally he's appreciated at the end of the movie for all that he does, and he's a sweet, cute guy, right. that you, sort of unassuming. But he's yeah, he's the DD, so he's like he's literally like just they just text him or they call him and he shows up at the party and they just throw drunk people into the car with him and he drops them off at their house. It's like nobody ever like spots twenty. It's just like he's somehow like he's he's available at all times. And I there's a scene in this movie right after because we find out that, you know, Chase and uh, Nicole are next door neighbors, but they don't they have like this sort of like animosity between them. And they're at the party. Mm-hmm. Nicole's found out that Brad's not asking her to the dance. She's drunk. Um, and the the boys are out. You know, we have this Ray. Is, this is also pre pre makeover. So is Chase pre-makeover. is hanging out with Ray and Dave. He is not at the party. No, he's not. And so they pick her up from the party. Her friend, her friend, Alicia, calls the DD, Dave, to come pick her up. They throw her in the car and then they take off. And Brad ends up hopping in the car too because he's also drunk and his friends are like, okay, take him home too. And all I could mm-hmm. think was this seems like some real dangerous, sketchy shit. We're not just putting drunk teenage girls in cars with like five rowdy boys and expecting her to oh make my it God. home. Like, okay. In a, in a perfect world, sure. But something about this optically, like, made me nervous. Even though I was like, nothing's yeah. going to happen in this movie, clearly. Right. But this just does you know, not feel like, like a sound plan for any reason. And I definitely thought her friend was going to be going with her as a person mm-hmm. who was sober. And, like, her friend literally hands her over, her, like, ragdoll <laughs> body, over to this group of, like, <laughs> boys from the school. And is like, yeah, I trust you to safely get my drunk friend home in one piece cool bye i'm going back that's, in that's how it, 
that's how we knew Alicia. Alicia was not a good friend from day yeah, one. She was like, have a good Frankly. fucking night, girl. It's just like, oh, my God, <laughs> now you're not going yeah. with me. And also, it's like we knew that wasn't going to happen because this isn't the movie to touch on that kind of journey. But, you know, in no, real this life, is not the accused, you but never know. <laughs> regardless, it was like, I don't love this. I don't love this group no. of, of men just taking home random drunk girls. Uh, <laughs> but as you said, everything turned out OK. But I was like, this is wild. 1999, huh? <laughs> I just like it couldn't happen. Um, no, no, no. There would definitely be like, why is her friend not going with her? Like, that would be a plot point for sure. At least it would be if I was writing it. <laughs> Edgy, um, equitable. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, my next love it point is, I don't know if you clock this person, but... He was what I would call the gay best friend who's always around the popular kids wearing eyeliner and giving eyebrow raises, but he never says anything. He might have like one line in the movie, but it's very clear that he is the sassy gay of the group, but he does not get any airtime other than like just being around like next to Nicole sometimes. He like he doesn't. I said to Dave. I said to Dave at one point, I was like, this guy is just in the movie. He's one of the quote unquote popular kids. He's around all of the popular kids. He's in every scene that the popular kids are in every event that Mm -hmm. they participate in. He's a part of it. But like, he's Mm -hmm. very much on the outside of this world as well. Mm -hmm. Um, The actor's name is apparently Josh Keaton. Um, And like, he is not really like utilized in like the telling of this story at all. Um, But he is just, he's there. He's just there in this world. And like, he's quiet. He mums the word, the whole movie. He's around. He gives a Mm -hmm. lot of facial expressions, but that's it. So there's, there's a scene where they're all like, they're like on these four donuts. The girls are all in these donuts. And then there, you know, there's like a guy for each girl. So the four guys are like in these, like they're all sitting on this rock above the girls, like having Mm -hmm. a conversation about how girls do this and guys do this. And then like the one like gay guy is just out by himself, like in egg in like queer (laughs) exile. He's like on this separate rock, like kind of like sunning, but like he's not with the girls and he's not with the guys. And it's like, clearly they don't know what to do with this character. And like somebody, I feel like in the studio was like, let's let's be progressive. Let's add in like a gay person to the movie. And then somebody was like, like a gay person. And they're like, yeah, what if we made him black or like a person of color? Maybe like what if we brought in a Hispanic character or like an Asian character? No, 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 no. Too much. Um, It's like, well, what if he wasn't a twink? No, 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 no. He's got to be a twink. Um, And he's just there he's just there they don't give him he's a just, single he's there he's line. mute he doesn't do anything he doesn't move the story forward he doesn't all he does is give sassy eyebrow raises that's and literally I it it was a missed opportunity to make him for some offensive like, gay banter yeah for offensive gay banter and also to make him the best friend of Alicia the evil oh the my evil god queen. The, wouldn't that be such a good that pairing if they were like amazing <laughs> if they had this like separate relationship where he was like yes girl fucking destroy them <laughs> oh yeah if he was and like, like it, yeah. and we find out that he's like the puppet master and she's just his puppet <laughs> He's like, yeah, let's go after that. Let's go after that pretty enough, but not pretty Nicole. And let's take her down. 
Um, <laughs> like it was just like it would have been really funny because he would have been used in some capacity. But you see mm-hmm. him and he's, he's like he's like he's almost like a decoy in a way, like because he, he distracts you because you're just like your gay senses go up and you're just like I'm waiting for that sassy that 1990s banter that we gave to every queer character. I'm sure he thought he was gonna get some maybe some like you know Sean Hayes Jack McFarlane moment, and they were like no 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 no. Mm. You just support you support our straight characters as they as they search for love. You don't get that yet. Or or it's all on the cutting room floor. That's Either honestly, it wouldn't like, surprise me if there's a bunch much. of you go girls yeah. that ended up on the cutting room floor at the last minute because they were like, we, we don't like, have to oh, do it. Oh, snaps. And yes, mama. Feed. Feed them. They are gagging for your eleganza. And they're just like, all right, we're going to mm. take it out. Just everything. No, he doesn't say anything. Just Corky's just there. Uh, so, yeah. Corky. I, um, I definitely like, I like that. I also see that in my in my love notes, I just wrote, and I think this may have had something to do with what you mentioned earlier about, like, them mm-hmm. having, like, money. I just wrote down, these kids move through the world like adults. Like, I think it was just mm. in response to just, That's, like, yeah. the ways that they navigate the world and, like, the parents just being afterthoughts. Um so that was so really many funny. So many movies are like that. So many teen movies are like that. Where I'm like, my parents were in the fucking mix, man. Like, and I, and I couldn't, I couldn't just like do this shit. And you just know what so I mean? we're clear, Jane, my next note was the gay guy secluded by himself at the water. So clearly, <laughs> we both, we both, our spidey senses went up, and we both knew something's different about this I'm one. So bad. Um, I was wondering did, if you were gonna clock that. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you have any more lovets? You know what? I think I'm ready to move on to my low bits because I feel oh. like we covered most of my like its. I, I do want to talk about one really funny. So Melissa's yeah, yeah, yeah. so Melissa Joan Hart, her character, her mother, who we mentioned earlier, um, who's like barely mm-hmm. in the movie. There's this one scene after like we've had the whole montage and you know, she's now pretending to like kind of be into Chase for optics and everything. And her mom, there's a, they're at home, they have one little interaction. Her mom goes, So what's this I hear about you and Chase? Hammond and it's like from whom like from where did you get any tea mom (laughs) like where'd you hear about this thing that's not even an official relationship it's like at this point they've literally just started sort of like walking around the school together and like they're letting people like use their imaginations to draw connections but it was so funny to me because it was like we haven't seen you since opening credits baby and like since she gave her that slutty that slutty red halter tube top to put on to go to school that apparently (laughs) that you wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole yeah from I don't know that tour of sweet charity you did. I don't know what's going on, but you are back and you are ready for this high school tea. And right. I love that you know about whatever this like tepid little it's like, like entanglement any, is. Like, siblings to give her like nobody. And like there's no source for her to have. No, this that would have been so weird to me if I came home and my mom was like. So what's this I hear about you flirting with a girl at school? Well, for many reasons, that would have been weird. But for <laughs> chief among them, it would have been, who are you talking to? You, right? you do mom stuff. How about that? Right. Why the hell are you privy to information that I did not give you? What? Yeah. What are you doing? You were at, who did yeah. you run into at JCPenney today? Because you, you got all the tea. Um, oh, well, actually, you know, we find out that Chase's mom and dad are dating at the oh, end of the movie. maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's she's how been, he knows. She's been smashing. Yeah. She's been chopping down. She's been sh- Chase his dad like a fucking apple tree. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Shout out George Washington. Um, Yeah. Well, actually, no. 
no okay. shout out. No, 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 no. no. He, we found out a lot about you, George Washington. We found out, A, we found out George yeah. Washington was racist. George Washington owned slaves. My mind was what? blown. How was that? How was that even possible? I said, not my Is vice president. Not my vice president. <laughs> what? <laughs> John Quincy Adams? John Quincy Adams didn't think black people were equal citizens? <laughs> <laughs> Make it I make love how we're sense. It the, I love how we're giving it all the Tim Allen, who, if he, as if he isn't the fucking right wingest motherfucker ever. <laughs> like, when I went, I don't know where they came from. He's getting mad at me for saying this, but the first time that I ever went back to Dave's home, like the Chad's childhood mm-hmm. home, one of the first things I noted was that he had two copies of Tim Allen's like bi- biography <laughs> from like when he was a kid. <laughs> But it's just like so funny. Who knows? He's from Michigan. <laughs> but why two? I know. It's like, I know. But two, I know. Chris, you so know, it's funny. like two Christmas presents in like the 1990s, probably given at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that shit was so. Oh, yeah. He just. Oh, yeah. And the producer just came in. He said it was gifted twice, bitches. Um, sure, sure it was. Sure it was. But and that was one of her That's your story. And you're sticking to it. And I was like, uh oh, what did I get myself into? Talk about Uh-oh. cocaine bear. Allegedly. Talk about. Talk about a get out situation. Exactly. Um, right wing conservative. Yeah, go look up those mugshots. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was that. And then um, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much I think that's pretty much it. All right. Shall we move into our low bits? Because uh, yeah. I got a I got a handful of those. Yeah, babies. I got a couple of those, too, um, that are cooking up. Um, OK, my first one is I hate, <laughs> hate how they make in the beginning of the movie they also don't they don't commit to this throughout the movie but it happens in the beginning of the movie and they how they weirdly make Alicia talk in headlines did you notice that yes I wrote one of them down when she's me too she when she's loading her friend irresponsibly into designated Dave's car and with a bunch of men who like you know what I mean could Whatever you use your imagination, she goes. Yeah, exactly. And it's like not talking about it liberally, if you know what I mean. And she she goes. She closes the door and she goes. Girl gets two faced boy in back seat. Violence anticipated. I was like, shut the fuck up! You know what speaks like this. Yeah, that was the one that I wrote down too. Two faced boy in this case being Brad, who I guess was initially supposed to go to the dance with Nicole, and then ended up taking the girl from the other school. It was really weird, and it felt like she was excited by like her friend going away in this like testosterone chariot um yeah but even more than that like in the beginning of the movie almost everything she says sounds like a newspaper yeah headline. they didn't know what to do with this character and then, and then they abandon it halfway yeah yeah they got in the writer's room again and they were like yeah and they're like let's it's not doing what we thought out. it was doing and somebody was like are you talking about the whole movie or just her dialogue it's like her dialogue for now i guess MJH is refusing to reshoot anything, so we're going to have to move forward. <laughs> Hopefully this Britney Spears music video do the trick to we'll get them in the us. seats. Um, one thing that I loathe about this movie is I loathe the fact that I saw four pieces of J. Crew clothing that's in my closet. And I was like, not... <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, not y'all just repurposing literally everything since 1985. Like they they haven't changed a damn thing. They were like oh they throwing God. out they're putting out the same roll neck sweaters. They're the same plaid <laughs> patterns. I was watching Cheers and I was like, not Ted Danson wearing my shirt. That's hot off the presses, according to them. They have it listed in the new arrival section. It's like hey, y'all if it if it ain't broke. Exactly. And and they're making fucking money off of it. Yeah, they are. That's but, true. But that that made me laugh. And, and the outfit that like because it was clearly they were going for J. Crew. The when when she's doing the yeah. montage scene with Chase and like yes. the outfit that he's wearing in the movie. I was like, this is it. This is the same. You can go find this fucking outfit right now. They're not changing that this formula. This is the moment. Yep. Well, and all these styles are back now as well. Absolutely. So it's like, Absolutely. You know, they're pulling from the archives yeah and that's what they do now banana republic does it you know they'll be like from the archives it's like so somebody got bored and was just like i, yeah. I don't fucking know what to do we've got we released a lot of yeah. shit what do we what we dropped somebody, in 92 somebody somebody said fashion is cyclical let's fucking do this again yeah let's change the cut a little bit and call it a fucking day um what's your you have any more lotus Jimmy? okay i've got i've got a few um <laughs> Another, I another fucking line that I absolutely fucking hate is Chase's diatribe on the perfect first date. I guess diatribe is a wrong word, but the 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 school newspaper comes up to Chase, and this is after he's become part of the popular crew, and now the girls are all gagging for Chase because he's in a pair of fucking Dockers and think he is, you know. He's the bee's knees now, he's the, and he's so the they, new boy. Yeah, he's the new the new kid on the block, and they ask him what his idea of a per, per, perfect first date is, and he goes, "She's the kind of girl that will call you on your bullshit. She's not afraid to dance, and she offers to pay. She doesn't decide before a date whether or not she's going to kiss you. She's." Not earnest, yet she's not completely ironic either. She orders dessert and she can be ready in 10 minutes. And I was like, I hate this because this is something that, like, nothing. a girl because it means nothing. It's nothing. It means nothing. And this is something that a girl in 1999 would hear and be like, Am I any of those things? Do I need to be any of those things? And it's just like getting the particularly the end bothers me she's ready in 10 minutes there's such an emphasis on low maintenance girls but even low maintenance girls take a long time to get ready everybody takes a long time to get ready men take a long time to get ready women take a long time to get ready i hate this narrative it's just girls who are always primping 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 and it and and the first part where it's like she's the kind of girl who calls you on your bullshit i hate that narrative too and it's like something that is like been part of the zeitgeist in like the 90s early 2000s where it's like I just need a girl to call me on on my bullshit it's like what you're asking for is women in your life to do the emotional labor for you and tell you when you're being a dick so you don't have to do any of the fucking work yourself figure out your own bullshit and don't be called on it you know what I mean also, they don't want that. Like they right. hold it. They they also <laughs> that hold is, it. That's the point. They hold that's it against <laughs> any woman who calls them on their bullshit when she does it. Right. So it's exactly. like, and then they resent her for it, and they harbor that resentment. So it's like, 
You don't mm-hmm. really. You just like the way that that sounds. You want yeah, to. You want. 100%. You want. You want that girl who's outspoken, but only when you want that girl who's outspoken. You don't want her to be outspoken right, all the right. time. And when you think you're right, you want to be able to sort of lean into that rightness, and you don't want to have to interrogate what you don't want to have to sort of break down and actually like examine. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's all just like tidy, like fucking phrases that don't really mean anything that border they, they on like nothing. platitudes. <laughs> And the collection of them together mean nothing. Oh, not too like, earnest. It, it not, not too earnest. Not too ironic. And too she's ironic. got a touch of boho chic, but you know, she's always a little bit classic too. She's the kind of girl <laughs> who wants to live in a craftsman house, but mm. with a ranch style exterior. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? Those are two <laughs> different things. What are you things. talking about? And also, you couldn't have picked gayer examples, FYI. <laughs> no, it's true. I know, I know, right? She's not it's afraid like of a just... pussy bow, but you're never going to catch her in a turtleneck. It's like, shut up. Go away. Um, okay, Michael Kors. <laughs> it's like oh my god oh my god what's it like what's it like it's like it's like you thought that you were going to be going to like some five-star restaurant and you get inside and you realize that you're at like fucking cc's pizza i'm sorry cut that i don't know what the fuck i was talking about so anyway leave it because it's the funniest combination of paul lind rosie perez and i don't even know oh there's no michael Kors. oh no Oh, and Michael Kors, of course. I I don't know. I don't know. It's not working for me. It's not working for me. It's like Anna Wintour, but on her day off. It's like Anna Fall. (laughs) So um, one thing that I had in my notes was that they go on this like, oh, you just got that Anna Wintour, Anna Fall moment. Did you get it? No, no, no. No, I was laughing because it was so fucking bad. Do you get it, though? The Wintour, the Fall, the season? It wasn't... That's not what I would call a thinker, Brandon. Okay, okay. You're not what I would call a thinker. And you're not what I would would call supportive either. There are those shots being fired. Here we go. Give me your next. Here we fucking go. You think you're fucking Nikki fucking Glazer because you've got a brick background behind you. Yeah, this isn't the laugh factory, though, is it? Yeah, that's what I fucking thought. Not today. Not today. So, anyway. Not any day. Okay. Okay, so the next thing that I had knows they go on this like out of town, like they go to like a pep rally at one point in the movie after they're like a couple. I think they like go they go to like a mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it's like a away game or something, and mm-hmm. and then there's like and there's like the saddest parade of like these pep rally dancers look miserable. It's also it looks like it looks like there's some moms thrown in. I don't know what's going on, but it is not giving youth. I will tell you that. Mm. And everybody looks tired. A couple people are just wearing t-shirts that looks like they came to set in. It's a sequence yeah. that wasn't needed. And I it made me laugh. So I was happy about it because I love horrible things. Um Yeah. And then did you great. have any more loathes, Shane? Yeah, I think the um oh the one I want to talk about. Okay. Eddie is one of the popular characters. He is dating D Vine. And I like we this find actress. out Yes, me too. I've seen her. She was in a bunch of stuff in the nineties. I always I've always been very endeared to her. I don't really know why, but there's something about her. She's great. She's, we should she's actually really, say her. She's um she's Which really is, wonderful. Carrie Lynn Pratt, that's her name. Carrie Lynn Pratt. She's great. Yeah, yeah. She was she's great. She's great in this role. Um but we get a little background on her and what we find out is that she used to be an uncool kid. This is one of the and, this is one of the best scenes in the movie by the way. 
if we're talking about a movie that doesn't have like much going on, this is one of those scenes right. that I was like, this is something. Yeah, 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 totally. Sorry. Um, no, 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 that's okay. I'm, I'm on board with you. But um, so she starts dating this popular guy, Eddie. She used to, she apparently lost 40 pounds and like now she is popular and she's missed time zone, which is basically like the homecoming queen, basically. And they get in the back of designated Dave's car and Eddie is shit faced and the fucking stuff he screams at her is some of the worst things I've ever heard. Like in this context, like people like the, the, uh, the, Oh God, the audacity of this fucking high school kid to scream this at her. He screams, you think you're Miss Thing, but you know what? You're just a wannabe who got lucky with a case of bulimia. Like, I was just like, kind of, I think like we are now as a society just like kind of nicer. And so these kinds of like mean insults that are, were popular in movies 20 years ago are like kind of pearl clutching to me. But this whole like rail against divine who like, you know, is nothing but like a nice person to pretty much everybody in this movie. And he says these things to her. I was like, I I was, I was taken aback by what he was saying. Like, it was yeah. a lot. We've also, the only other really scene that we've gotten with her is we've gotten this scene. We, well, her name is Judy Vine. She goes by D Vine. And we have this scene where she's mm-hmm. talking one-on-one with the um, the Adrian Grenier. This is the scene I was talking about. Not not that scene that Jane oh. just described. It was the scene yeah, yeah, where yeah. she's talking to the Adrian Grenier's character, Chase. And basically, she's kind of saying, like... I've clocked the fact that you've gone on this complete transformation and now you're a part of this popular crowd. And then she sort of shares a bit of her own journey. You know, she lost a bit of weight. She dyed her hair. I think she says she got contacts. So she's gone on this journey to sort of like create space for herself to be accepted by these, by this group. And she's basically just saying like, if you're going to be a part of this group and if you're going to navigate it, just know that you're not alone and having had to sort of make these sacrifices, but she's also kind of mm-hmm. letting him know the grass isn't always greener on the other side, just so you know, but she's also letting him know that she's a potential ally for him. Like you don't have to put on mm-hmm. a facade for me because I know what it's like to sort of like try and navigate these quote unquote popular spaces and at the core of who you are, have yeah. really deep seated insecurities and, always this sort of imposter syndrome and this fear of like people seeing the real you and seeing the work that goes into trying to make yourself the type of person that they would want to be around. So she's basically just saying Mm -hmm. like, I see what's happening. I see what you, I see what you went through because I've gone on the same journey. And like at the core, I still struggle with a lot of the same things that I came into this group with, which makes the scene later on with her boyfriend, Eddie, who's a piece of shit, all the more awful as he sort of hurls these insults at her and basically tells her like, you are lucky to even have me. And if it wasn't for like me, then you would have nothing all because she like, doesn't want him groping her. And like, Attempting to like force sex on her in the back of like designated Dave's car. So it is like this really painful yeah. scene to watch because it's like and, she's and one of the most endearing characters. Hor- and a reveal of how horrible this Eddie character is. Oh, yeah, and he's he a piece never of shit. really gets his like come up. He doesn't. Like, he's like, you really went hard on making us fucking hate him and then you don't do any sort of revenge to him. Yeah, no, I we don't like, like get like the thing at the Centennial where somebody comes in and like, Eddie died. We don't get that moment. Oh, oh, whoa. I was going to be like, maybe he was expelled or, you know. 
<laughs> somebody run or somebody runs in and is like, oh my God. I just saw um Nicole's mom kill Eddie mm. in the parking lot. <laughs> and then like the movie just ends. <laughs> You just yeah, hear like Britney Spears start playing. Crazy. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's like we don't get that moment. Yeah. Um, but no, he's an awful character. It's a really shitty scene. Yeah. The other thing that I loathe about this movie is that they don't commit completely to the makeover sequence. It's like this watered down mm. makeover moment where like we take yes. him to the store, we go into Brooks Brothers and J. Crew, mm-hmm. we buy some 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 like chinos from nowhere and a couple of like you know long sleeve izod polos and then we throw him back into the school and he's just walking down the hallway and a couple of his friends look over and like oh no that's not how you do a 1990s makeover sequence first of all you put in the time you go to five to ten stores there's a scene where Mm -hmm. melissa joan hart's character is sitting on a couch they're bringing her champagne Mm -hmm. or whatever and he Mm -hmm. comes out in a couple outfits and there's some song playing in the background and she nods her head back and forth no 50 15 times and he comes out in progressively more <laughs> unhinged outfits like he's wearing a sailor yes. outfit at one point and then he comes out yes. dressed like an old timey like southern purveyor and she's like uh uh-uh, uh mm-hmm. uh uh-uh. mm-hmm. and then he comes out in the shitty you know shittiest most basic like outfit and then she nods her head <laughs> yeah yeah and then that's how you we do it we got it like and exactly then, there was no shenanigans there were no shenanigans and then he comes to school the high the, the hallways are strewn with students and mm-hmm. uh, not a day you can have Stephen Collins on set allegedly and <laughs> and then you look over and everybody in the everybody stops when he when he when he appears at the mm-hmm. landing at the top of the stairs coming coming down um, from Trig on his way to calculus because mm-hmm. he's doing two you know, math classes and everybody stops mm-hmm. what they're doing and they turn and mouths are agape and they're like, Oh my fucking God. Is that? And they're whispering. Chase? Yeah. They're whispering like, Oh my God, is that chase? What happened? Did he get a haircut? Oh my God. Who's close to those? He looks totally different. Oh my God. He's actually kind of cute. Do you see his eyes? Oh my, oh my God. God. Did you hear his mom died? Was that too? Yeah. That wouldn't be one uh, of the I, things. I don't know if that's like part of the conversation. Oh my god! Did you hear that his? Did you hear that his dad's having sex with um, Nicole's mom? Raw. <laughs> did you hear that Nicole's dad is? Oh, why raw? I don't. I don't know. Why. I just. Heard I don't know why raw. I said that. <laughs> First of all, the idea that these students would be privy. <laughs> To maybe I could maybe buy that they would know that their parents oh were fucking, but the fact that they were they were going without a condom is not information I would expect high school students to have. I don't know why I said that. The moment I said it, I, I thought you're an insane I, person. Why did you throw raw wild. in so aggressively? It's wild. Ugh. It's a wild choice. Yeah. That is such a wild thing. Even if like if you like even for like a group of friends. Like if you were like hanging out with your friends well, and you I'm were just saying. like, oh my God, I just found out that Chrissy's hooking up with Brad. Raw. It would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> What the fuck? Why do you know and why are you sharing? Because their sexual health is their sexual health and we don't need we don't need to know. I mean, I hope people are being safe and making good choices, but you oh, know, have fun. More power. <laughs> I don't know. More, I just want to be a foil. I don't and know. Brad, of course. 
Um, do you have any more Lotha points? I feel like I'm all mine are really, we've cashed out on those. No, I mean, we've already talked about Stephen Collins. So, uh, yeah, I know. I had to think about Stephen Collins and I was like, this isn't, this isn't it. it. We're not doing it. Yeah. Um, allegedly we said when you say allegedly, um, allegedly, allegedly y'all can Google the allegedly, the alleged allegations. Google me, Google me. Do you remember that Kim Zosiak song, Google Me? Yeah. So good. Yeah, I do. Um, so I think that's, is that it, Jamie? Yeah, that's it. That's Drive Me Crazy. Um, that's what you wrote. That's, that's what she wrote. That's the end. Um, Brandon, I do have a couple of questions for you if you're, shoot it. If shoot you're it in a space me. to answer them. Okay, I, I think so. Shoot, sh- I'll shoot it to you raw, as they say. Raw. <laughs> um, <laughs> like a dungeon dragon. Um, okay, so my first question is, would you watch this movie again? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, okay. Yeah, I would. That it was an easy me. watch. It was really quick. So yeah, I would. It's a yeah, it's a quick movie. It's fun. It's it is a fun movie, but I did I think I would have again, one of these many examples, I think you and I would have had so much fun watching this together. Yeah, I very much I <laughs> I don't like okay so like I very vaguely remember this movie coming out like yeah but I, I mean it was like it's like Melissa Joan Hart's like big like cinematic totally. moment you know yeah. and uh it was uh it was fun it's fun I I just I expected to enjoy it more than I did this time around because I was just kind of like I I thought of myself as really loving this movie and I saw it and I was like, oh, this isn't very good. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. But, I did kind of enjoy it though. Um, no, I love more that. Than I, I, I enjoyed it more that. than I thought I would is what I should say. Look, baby boy, you don't have to put qualifiers. You can just enjoy it. Um, and then my next question to you is if you've prepared properly for this podcast, you might be aware of the question I'm about to ask you, but um, do you have a movie for me to watch next week? I do. I do. Um, okay. So this movie is one that I have seen this movie before, but it's been a number of years. And mm-hmm. it's just one that I've been really wanting to get your take on. I think I know you've mm. seen this movie before as well, but I also know it's been a number oh. of years. Okay, interesting. I brought... Partly inspired by the movie this week, I brought us 2009's Obsessed. <gasps> okay, yeah. No, we've this both seen great. it before, but it has been a number of years. It has been so many years. I'm <sighs> so excited because I've been wanting to rewatch this because I only have like flashes of memory. That's how from I this am. Movie. I very, very, yeah. very vaguely remember it. And so a part of me is like, <laughs> I can't fucking wait. Sorry. Um, I'm yeah. Really so I'm like, it's, it's our, it's our girl. It, it, it's, yeah. It's it's our girl. It's our girl. It's our girl. Beyonce Giselle and, Knowles sharpening and those acting chops. Doing the damn thing. Um awesome. Well, I can't fucking wait. I think it's gonna be great. And um thank you, Brandon, for um chatting all of this out with me. Um thank you listeners for making it to the end. We hope you did. Um we love you and we appreciate you and um 
If you want to continue following us throughout the week, uh, you know where to find us. You can find us on social media and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and uh, spoiler alert threads. We're on there. You can find us on all those platforms at movies. We missed and we can't fucking wait to see you there. Um, We will absolutely see you next week for 2009's obsessed can't wait i hope you guys have an incredible week and we love you and we'll see you soon Erica Kane, baby. Erica Kane.